Hey, and welcome to another edition of the Rugby Report Card. Uh, Pipe down, oh- Richard. Pipe down, all right? I don't want you getting all inflated because you've... Wait, fuck, they lost, didn't they? What am I talking about? I'm a week late. Start it again. Start it again. No, no, no. Play on. I, just, I wanted to say the only thing I enjoy more than England getting thrashed is England losing by a point in the 78th minute. Yeah, you've come in with a bit bit of an attitude that you're better than us, right? Do you know, do you know what? Which one of you? Actually, I know the answer. It's you, Blake. Uh, just been shit staring on Twitter, and I'm sure of the entire time about how much poor losers England are. That's outrageous, mate. I'm a respectful English person, not spat the dummy at all. I've been very objective this entire time. You've been walking around like you've owned the joint ever since you beat Fiji. <laughs> you would too, but it didn't happen, did it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I look, you know what? We're 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 jumping around. Obviously, the 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 weekend was obviously the two semi-finals. And look, um, objectively, as we take a step back, one of them was anticlimactic, fantastic, and we'll get into the nitty gritty in terms of the All Blacks. But uh, you know, use that phrase; it was anticlimactic. England, in terms of South Africa, wasn't the wasn't the 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 purest version in terms of attacking silky rugby, but it was. For rugby diehards, it was engaging. It was, um, you know, came down to the 78th minute, as you know. Yeah, a heartbreaking moment. Um, and kudos to South Africa. I, I think they'll find it hard to get up after two weeks of winning by the narrowest of margins. And good luck to them against the the, the, uh, the All Blacks moving forward. But as much as it wasn't the sexy rugby of the quarterfinals, still a good weekend of rugby nevertheless. Yeah, I missed uh, the pod for the quarters. Cheers for the invite, fellas. Um, I missed the quarters pod. You don't uh, check your emails, do you? You be- you above us now. Wasn't that some football though? Well, it's been an incredible couple of couple of weeks of world rugby. Honestly, we've been treated. It it is it's been sensational for for rugby fans the world over. It's just been incredible. It hasn't gone to script. We um we covered all this in the last pod. Yeah, you're not you're not listening to it. <laughs> mate. We've we've covered it all, mate. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> you didn't want to listen anyway, to us. Such shit, England. <laughs> Can we do that? Can we cover that? Yeah. What uh? What 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 broke your boycott, mate? I thought you weren't coming on again until Lady Jones was fired. You're just not a man of your word anymore. No, I've heard. I've heard word on the street. Oh done. really? He's done. done, man. Oh really? No, I, I'm actually just making it up. That's a that's a wild rumor. <laughs> um, but you would think though that well, no, nah, we, we don't want to do Eddie. It's the World Cup. It's the semi-finals. There was um. They weren't amazing games of rugby, but the the setting was huge. It's the World Cup final next weekend. There's some incredible stories. All right, let's talk about some rugby at the moment. So talking about, obviously, the first game, as I mentioned, was a bit anticlimactic. We, we have to give New Zealand their dues, though. Um, um, obviously, they've been they've been building and, and growing and growing. And a lot of people have been talking about the fact that the draw has, has helped them, the fact that they played their big inverted covers game first, and then they had a long break, and then obviously the massive island game, which was huge. Uh, but obviously then this Argentinian game, they, they, they go into the, the, the final as favourites, coming off obviously a magical performance by Will Jordan and some, you know, uh, territory and mid- meters carriage, you know, lots of, they, they won every every stat possible other than probably penalties conceded. Um, so an all-round uh, performance from the All Blacks and to the fact that they got to take off some of their players early and rest them in inverted commas leading up to next week, um, what a wonderful position for them to be in. It's two very different uh, entries into the final. For South Africa to win this, they will have consecutively knocked off five of the top six rugby playing nations, them being the other team. 
So they've run the gauntlet. They will have played everyone um, if South Africa do this, which is just incredible. New Zealand, on the other hand, like you said, Richard, they've been they've been cruising. Mm. Foxed a little against France. Um, they had a real test against Ireland. That's been it. Um, so I don't know. It's 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 certainly battle hardened versus fresh. But I tend to think does the battle hardened play here because you're going to get up for a final, aren't you? You're going to play through fatigue. You're going to play through niggles. Play through injuries. Come a World Cup final. So I'm not I'm not sure who that benefits. The favourite tag is interesting because um, I agree. I don't think South Africa were the better side in either of their last two games of rugby. I think they found a way to win as championship sides do. Uh, but obviously, I wasn't on the quarterfinal podcast, boys. But um, I think they weren't as good a side as France. I weren't. Don't think they're as good a side as England for seventy-five minutes. Um, but they found a way to win. So maybe New Zealand rightfully favourites. But last time they played, South Africa spanked them. I think so two, 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 two things to your point. I think number one, yes, you're right. They did find a way to win, but their bench. The way that they've organised their bench, the discrepancy between the 15 and then the replacement eight players that are coming on, it's not a huge gap between the two. So that is like you could be outplay for 60 minutes. I'm going to go further and say, Richard, there is a gap. The bench players are better. Yeah, yeah, you could go that way. Absolutely. They they absolutely are. And and I really think that's part of the, the clever strategy um, they they foxed their way through it with the HIAs in the quarterfinal. Mm. Um, they sent everyone off for a HIA to make sure they kept fifteen on the park. But I I think it's um it's a disaster waiting to happen. Surely it's time to pull the trigger and just play Faf and Pollard. Started. Big Pollard came on after thirty four minutes. What are you yeah, doing? I think- but I think that was uh, it was indicative of the conditions that was going. Manu Lebok is an incredible player who's very expansive, etc. And the game that was being played clear, clearly, rain, territory, in inverted commas, old school. That was what uh, Pollard was required for. Be interesting to see what the since you were saying what a combination is based on the precipitation or lack thereof it coming out of the sky. But like if it's if it's a flat track sunny, and I don't know what the weather is. I haven't looked. And who knows if we get even get it right. That I think did take two is nine or ten moving forward. But I think Look, I hear what you're saying, and you you've given him a lot of credit. And I'm a big Lebok fan. I've talked to him about many times this podcast. Pollard's a better rugby player. Right. Manny's now. never taken a game by the scruff of the neck, tore it down and told it where to go. He's always been sort of in waiting. He hasn't really shined just yet. We've yet to see his best, particularly on this stage. Yeah, I, I just think Pollard's a, right now the better rugby player, and maybe, you know, Pollard needed minutes and played half a game this season, hasn't played a full game yet, blah, 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 blah. Seems baffling to me, but what do I know? They keep winning and they keep listening with the bench coming on. So Yeah, to your point. They clearly want to play an expansive game, though. They want to win it at the ruck, play really, get them, suck them in, play real tight, and then a lightning Manny connecting with the lightning back three that they've got. Um, that, That seems like the way to go. That hasn't really shone on the battles that matter. They've been doing the hard yards, which is why their bench needs to be strayed that way. And to your point, Blake, I think you're right in regards to the bench being better because the thing is it's easier in inverted covers or better for your better 10 if you're going to have two 10s to come on, the more controlling 10 to come on and calm everything down and kick your goals in the 60, 70th or 78th minute. I think that's a better option than getting maybe 
uh, the more expansive, maybe erratic, maybe more skillful player coming on at the 60-70 who's going to miss their goals because that's been an issue moving forward, Him, his ability to kick goals. So it's either... it's Territory starts, to territory. Yeah, if Pollard starts, Leboc doesn't even make the 15, I don't think. And that's that's a big call. Yeah, I don't know. That's how I would be going. But, but mm. who knows? I just think, um, especially against New Zealand, again, I could be eating humble pie on the weekend. I just don't know if trying to out-expansive New Zealand is going to work mm. in South Africa's favour. I think they can probably match them everywhere. The, the, I mean, these are the, the best two rugby playing teams in the world and have been for the last 20 years. It's it's It's... An awesome game. I'm just not sure I would be picking Pollard and, and trying to beat New Zealand up at scrum time. Can I ask, um, I know obviously the, the, the form of the game is is the way it is. It's a straight knockout competition. Um, and this is the first time in a while where the the, fir- the best two teams in the world, if you don't think back to uh, the last few years, it hasn't always been the best two teams that have made the final. However, there's still been a lot of chat about the fact, oh, it's New Zealand and South Africa again. Um, however, do you see it like that, both of you? Like, oh, it's another ugh, or is this a what a chance? This is iron shot. This is, you know, two uh, immovable forces meeting each other. How do you see this final? Is it an ugh, or is this an, an excitement? Nah, it's definitely excitement. Anyone who's yucking, um, is just not a fan of competition in general. I think a lot of people, you know, they want to see the, the teams that haven't won. Um, shine. They want to see championship teams come together and achieve the best. They feel like they've already seen the result of this match. They watched it last year or last World Cup. They watched it two World Cups before that. Like they've seen the end game here, but no one's actually seen that Irish or France team who are the only other real contenders here. Um, pick up the cup and, and run with it. So I, I guess there's a little bit about of that, but this is exactly what it needs to be as a, as a global tournament. This is very, very exciting. Yeah, because when was the last time the best two teams made a World Cup final? Genuine question. Yeah, but I think the interesting this thing this year is, Rich, that if Ireland or France won, we would have been saying the same thing. True. they would have been the best two teams. I think that's how close the top four were. Um, I think that there is an element of it in terms of it's not the Hollywood script. The Hollywood script script was France, Ireland, or Fiji, let's be honest. They were never a chance, but that was the Hollywood script. And it hasn't gone to script. I think the fact that it's in the northern hemisphere and it's two hub- southern hemisphere teams is a little bit of the ugh that you're referring to. Mm. But as a southern hemisphere fan, as a rugby fan, it is not that at all for me. This mm. is the two best rugby playing nations for 30 plus years. They haven't met in a final since 1995. When they play each other in a calendar year, it is rarely do or die, um, the format of the rugby championship. The the home ground advantage from South Africa to New Zealand is so significant. Um, to see them at the peak of a four-year cycle playing each other on a neutral field, it is absolutely salivating and I, I cannot wait to see it. Um, I'm genuinely not sure how it plays out. I... I in a weird way, I think either team could win by 20. Um, but I also think it no. could be extra time. Like, I think every version is on the table. Um, I, I am salivating and chomping at the bit to watch it happen. I think if South Africa gets it done, they do it through demolishing New Zealand's scrum. Um, but Lomax has been a revelation for New Zealand. 
um, in terms of scrummaging in the quarter and the semi. So I'm not as worried for New Zealand there. If New Zealand get it done, I think it's they get out to a lead and they do that that New Zealand thing where just everything comes together and it's champagne rugby. I, I fucking cannot wait. And there's a couple of stories that I would just like to to pull out. We, three brothers are about to play run-on in a World Cup final. That's fucking insane, isn't it? Probably like for the mum and dad. It's just so incredible. And I know... It's just an off-the-hand remark. How hard is it to make it at that level, to not be injured, to be fit, to get selected, to for three brothers to be in the team? It is incredible. And then I think a white lock, he's playing his third Rugby World Cup grand final. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. No, yeah. That's correct. And so he became the he became the, the, the most capped all-black of all time recently, wasn't it, in the, in the game the other day? Um, I mean, those just those stories alone are remarkable. Mm. Um, I can't, I can't wait. Mm. And will Jordan a try or two away from being the the most um, the highest try scorer within a World Cup? There's a lot cool. of records being broken. I just can't like if we were to boil it out now. We're talking who's going to do what and who's going to win. I just reckon the legs at this point of the comp matter, and mm. South Africa. Are out on their legs. They looked like a beatable team last Saturday slash Sunday, depending on which side of the world you're on. And mate, the blueprint is sort of there for them now. You talk about yes, you get up because it is such a heavy fixture, but only to a point. Like every time you get up, you don't think they're going to get up. Um, and I just reckon they're going to play a tight game. It's what they've shown us the last few. That you know they responded to France. Um, getting them points on them early and playing expansive and quickly. I don't know if this is a format of the game that they can they can back up twice. Felt like they had a little bit of luck with the bounce staying in that one. Um, but in the, same, in the same notion, we saw them get beat up pre-World Cup. It's a different New Zealand team that will be taking the field. Mm. But, look, I can sort of see this one get as oh, a bit of a I runaway. Love, I, I love those, those questions being unanswered because I think – England took it to South Africa by playing really, really tight and dirty and ugly and just kicking the fucking leather off it. France took it to South Africa by kicking the leather off it. New Zealand don't kick the leather off it. New Zealand have lost to South Africa recently. I'm but just, New Zealand... Style, styles make fights. I'm, I'm interested to see if New Zealand try their normal expansive quick ruck game does that play into south africa's hands i i don't know the answer to these questions but they're genuinely exciting i don't think south africa has been tested by an expansive side and if you look at kicks france in, tested him kicks in play for the tournament on average south africa were ranked 10th um they were incredibly low they're not kicking the ball south africa they're running it um so they're not the the normal south africa um, I, I I don't know. I genuinely, all of those questions I'm really excited to see. I do tend to agree with your legs comment. I think, you know, Malcolm Marks going home, New Zealand haven't really had any issues or injuries that spring to mind, obviously. They've, they've kept everyone on the park. They've kept everyone away from suspension. They're gelling. It feels like they're coming into it where South Africa is surviving, but... I keep going back to that quote Harry Jones said on our podcast, which is championship sides 
when the lights are out, they know where the light switch is. Um, and that was South Africa, two games in a row. They're so experienced, but so are the Kiwis. I don't Absolutely know. Absolutely. All are. of these questions really excite me. It, it boil me down, I'm slightly favouring New Zealand. I reckon when you're watching it, though, you watch South Africa play the England in that semi, South Africa were always a crouching tiger. England were never home and hose. You never felt like they were actually going to get away with this, irrespective of what Richard said. I reckon off, in, in this fixture, I was say, I've got a WhatsApp team. message from Blake stating this is over. I think, uh, I think wasn't it? Farrell slotted that and went out to eight points in the wet, and South Africa just couldn't do anything right. I was like, oh, this is done. Crouching Tiger. They were all they were going to pounce. It was just when, and I reckon Kiwis, the Crouching Tiger in this game coming up, they'll never be out of it until it's over. Mm. They're right. No, no one following that up with a comment. Crouching Tiger reference. <laughs> Ready to pounce. Oh, dear. Look, in, in terms of we don't know, obviously, was we don't know what's going to happen, but it'd be interesting to see because you talked about the fact that uh, about what New Zealand are going to do. If they are, in my opinion, they're not going to change their game plan um, in, a, in a final. They're, they're going to follow a method that's done so well, you know, as... as put them in good stead so far they're not suddenly then they start kicking the leather off it uh because it's just against everything that they stand for so it is a clash of styles um but they will have to change something because if they do the same then what they what will probably be happening is that south africa will come out on top so it'll be interesting to see what the little things that they they do differently whether it's the defense whether they blitz whether they umbrella what whatever it does whether it's defensively uh, whether they even just change up their um, kick returns or whatever it is, it'd be interesting to see what the little nuances they change because I don't think they're ever going to change the big overarching strategy of, of either looking to attack, trying to find open play. They're not just going to box kick the entire time because that's playing into the other team's hands. I can't wait. I genuinely yeah, I agree. I, I cannot imagine the intensity, the line speed, the contacts, the scrums, the lull. I'm excited for every possible contest. The, the lulls, high. the first um, die down. It's, it's just when the stakes are this high, it is just so good. Every element, every element is a contest and it's just salivating to watch. The other story um, I didn't really hit is just Khaleesi and just isn't he like, I mean, I'm going to use the Hollywood cliche that I've already lent into a few times in this podcast. He's a fucking character from a film, mate. He, no matter what press conference, when he's interviewed, what he says is perfect. Like, it is so commendable. It is so ethical, moral, rational, inspiring. Um, I would run through a brick wall for that bloke. I find Artie Savay the same too. Yep. Yeah, I'll pay that too. I'll pay that too. Just so a couple of remarkable blokes. Um, you know, um, what's also, and I agree with everything you said, but what I also like about Sea Police's effects is that the coach says after 51 minutes, hey, champ, you're coming off, mate. There's no histrionics. There's no like, hey, hey, buddy, I'm captain. Why are you pulling me off after 51 minutes? He understands his role. He, he's put his, to use Jim's um, phrase, he understands the culture. He understands the fact that he has to buy into it. Everyone has to be on the same page. Could you imagine how many captains in inverted commas come in previous years would have thrown the dub, not in front of everyone, obviously, but behind closed doors about the fact of being pulled off at 51 minutes in a quarterfinal? And it just doesn't seem that he's the kind of guy that would do Blake's that. Bloke's 32. It's his last shake of the dice, isn't it? 
Mm. And I'm pretty sure his knee injury going into this World Cup, I think mm. he is running on bolster and gaffer tape. Mm. Um, wasn't he very long odds to make it? And has he was, just yeah. pulled it all together. So mm. I, I question, I think he's there for his leadership at this point. Mm. Absolutely. Um, just a comment on the um, the coaching box of South Africa, mate. What does their head coach actually do, mate? Rassi is doing everything he's calling all the shots he's the only vocal bloke and when there's a decision that needs to be made cameras on rassi and so is every other pair of eyes in that coaching box is this the biggest houdini act the biggest puppeteering since pinocchio no he's the calming influence mate could you imagine if uh, rassi was given complete carte blanche over that system i understand he's an amazing coach and thinks outside the box but he needs uh, a controlling calming influence to think maybe a little bit more within the box and when the two of them together are working i think that's what brings about the, the best of wonder, he's, he's got to say something to be a calming influence you got to offer something but i wonder bad. imagine if that bloke is actually doing everything all the leg work all the coaching all the drills all the talks but rassi's just a fiend for a shit tweet so he gets all the press coverage and that poor bloke we don't even know his name yeah. <laughs> it is he's actually the brains behind the operation. Who knows? It appears that Rassi is the brains, but who knows? Uh, another story. I mean, if you're looking for a villain this week, maybe maybe you got Rassi. Mm. Maybe. Um one story I want to do jump away from the World Cup is uh, at the moment. Love to know your boy's actual opinion. Uh Courtney Lawyers Courtney Laws, um, is I think only one of a very few. I think probably about five Englishmen to be capped a hundred times. Is actually calling. Um, he's actually retiring from um, England duty at the conclusion of the Rugby World Cup. From an English perspective, he's always been someone who's uh, obviously been a fantastic performer, worn his heart on his sleeves. He's got better as with age as he's progressed. Think about his starting offers. Um, you know, in, he's played multiple positions in that pack and will be remembered very fondly within the uh, within the rugby community at home. But from an outsider point of view, you know, how do you see Courtney Laws? Oh, absolute, absolute freak. However, always thought he had a higher ceiling because um, I know when he was younger, he was a bit of a skinny little runt, but he used yeah. to still smash blokes. Yeah. And there's this feeling of once he grows into that frame and tightens his game up, he will just be one of the, in the conversation, best second rowers in the world. Mm. Um, and while he's not far off that conversation, mm. um, he's a British and Irish Lions, played 100 caps for England. He's been to World Cup finals, World Cup semi-finals. He's obviously a very good rugby player. I don't think he ever arrived at where I thought he could have. Mm. Which is uh, Etzebeth, Matt Field. You know, I thought he might have ended up in that league. And um, he's, for me, he probably, I obviously never watched the club rugby of him being down here, but I thought there was even more potential. But with that said, it sounds like I'm shitting on the bike. He's obviously a, an absolute champion. Um, you know, heart and soul of that English pack can put a shot on. Very, very good rugby player. I imagine he'll be missed by England. Um, I think maybe playing six in his early career stuffed him around a little. Well, he ended up playing six, yeah. It was playing in the row probably early, early in his career, probably yeah. may have ended, you know, he ended up at you know at six where he's playing at the moment. Yeah, so, so sort of one or the other maybe, you know, ended up at that five and a half position. Mm. 
Which his body type always stood out. You know, he was yeah. that thin dude, and he still he still oh, doesn't look I, like the lock I, that you pick, which has probably gotten his way a little bit too, because um, you know, you think of the second row, you think of tall, big, beefy blokes. But again, um, due to him playing, which is not him. But playing six, he needs that athleticism. But he's just he isn't the archetypal. He's a lot taller than most of the sixes around the world. You're right, because yeah, but even that person. even that six is a ball carrying role now, which mm. isn't him. His his athletic role, his pace, his his support off the ball, too tall to be a true genuine jackal, even though he's quite good at that. The line-out was his game, was it not? The line-out and stopping the maul were his strengths, given his body type. It always was more of an athlete than a rugby player to me, but obviously, what do I know? He's played, like Blake said, 100 test caps for England. Mm. Um, I mean, has that sort of been a bit diluted given how shit they've been over the years anyone could sort of do that who who committed themselves i'm not sure don't, don't get us wrong richard i think he would have been the wallaby <laughs> six for the last hundred deaths <laughs> no dramas he would have been one of the ones left at home <laughs> yeah he yeah. would have been definitely been left at home too good a player uh, look it's been an amazing week of rugby and the next week will be another um good one because building up towards it um, the Rugby World, World Cup is always fun. I think the most pointless game, I may be uh, wrong here, I think the most pointless game is the third and fourth playoff. I think it would be hard for England or Argentina to get up, play their uh, their squad plays in this. It seems a, a kind of a silly game. but The jersey swap game in it. Yeah, uh, especially as they've already played each other and swapped the jerseys already. Just got a bit of a di- <laughs> little just, bit of a... Just, just a different embroidery. date different yeah, date on it. Different embroidery down at the bottom of the shirt instead. They should do it in, in sevens. So it only goes to 14 minutes. It's not torture. <laughs> As a um, precursor to the final, yeah. fuck, how embarrassing would that be for them? <laughs> um, You're going to run out in a dunce cap. <laughs> Courtney Laws would do all right, that. All right. Uh, the, the dunce cap? Was a bit no, as a sevens player. All oh, right, just wondered where you're going with that. Yeah. Um, and the other one I wanted to ask you about, there was some, you can tell where I'm leading with this, my opinion, the silly, ridiculous <laughs> nature was the fact is that there was some guy talked about taking scrummaging out of the game and um, it's pointless. Bad. I was like, it's ridiculous. Um, I'm hoping you're both on the same page as this. The fact Love that- it. I think um, commentary has a responsibility to explain it better, advertise it more, make it more dramatic. Refs have a responsibility to be a bit better. Absolutely. Um, but I'm no. saying that. They've done great work on the scrum. The scrum is not the issue that it was five years ago. No, I agree. I, it's only gotten better. Tighter on the shot clocks, all of those things. It can continue to be improved, but it's 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 rugby poetry, mate. It's absolutely brilliant. The one I do, you want to hear one little tweak I would make to the game, though? Lots not of really, not really, about, no, I'm going to tell you anyway. Right. Lots of people whinging about scrum penalties and things should be short arms. I don't totally disagree. Um, I would just make one small adjustment. I would bring the posts in a metre thinner and I would lift the crossbar a metre higher. I just think in the last 30 years, the goal kicking has got so good that, um, and you see it at World Cups, the three, it's almost a lock anywhere inside that half. I would be fine with just making it 10% harder, 15% harder. Not not dramatically, but I just think as players have got better, boots have got better, balls have got better. You know, think about it, it used to be a big leather block of soap that blokes were toe bashing. Um, I think now slotting the three, I don't want them to be short arm, they should be long arm, but I just like the goalposts. Like they did a basketball at one point, they lifted the ring. 
nothing massive. Suck it in a little, lift it up a little. That's all. Anyway. Start the record books again. That's my wild theory for the week. It's not a bad theory. The only thing is, is we covered that last week. Yeah, where were you, oh, mate? We, we covered that one. Did that one? <laughs> do you not even care about our podcast anymore, bloke? Right? There's ah. no way that they would ever do that. That Look, I'm interested. I'm listening. Throw it down at bloody grade, see what happens down there first. Run it through the, the measures and they go. But there's, but just there's not, not the issue. No one can goal kick down there anyway. There's just some <laughs> boy by half who reckons he's a goal kicker. He's rubbish. Yeah, um, Jim, you've actually seen um, because Blake presented that was this idea. Yes, yeah. it was just a drug. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Uh, do you know what the 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 the, uh, the post can stay as wide as they are, but bringing it up a bit high is not a bad idea because they're so metronomic about accuracy. I think just at least bringing it up would stop them kicking it out from the twenty-two in their own half, which I reckon some of them could get it from. Yeah, I just like it to be anything over 40 was like fucking you need Francois Stein to roll out these beer gut. Mm. Yeah, Mm. that's the reason you carry him. Surely just dropping it to two points happens before that happens. Mm. Mm. Uh, No, definitely not. I like still like it through, sorry. All right, boys, so just very, very quickly (laughs) to to, to move on. In one word, and I know Blake struggles with one word, but uh, who's winning this weekend? Jim? I'm going New Zealand for reasons that we've we've spoken about playing oh, no. into it. Uh, England, Argentina, proper game first, yeah. Oh, I thought oh, he right. said one word, champion. Try again. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, if we're sticking to it, and you fucking, I'll be counting your words. I'd just England. Nice. And, and uh, Blake, England, Argentina. Who cares? Those two uh, words. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and the World Cup final, boys. Um, Rugby, rugby, nice. I was well played on the Kiwis being the one word rather than New Zealand being two, and rugby the winner. Very good, Blake. Very good. All right. Uh, what about you, Richard? You haven't said anything, mate. I think I think New Zealand will win for the reasons that I've said before. I think the the South Africa have run their race. I think two games. I think they they are they're going to burn out. What do you want in your there? heart? Could you really cop fucking Kiwis lifting that trophy? In my heart, I could. Because at least then I could lie to myself about how tough Super Rugby is, um, and I know to fucking listen to South African fans. So my heart's with the Kiwis. Fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, my heart's heart with the Kiwis spills. too. Uh, yeah. For some reasons, yeah, I just would prefer Sam Kane to lift that than a, than any Springbok because they what, just they come off. They come off just a little bit arrogant. They're a great team, and they should be, but. They've both won three, right? Whoever wins this has lifted it four times. Yeah, records are going to be broken. That's right. Like, this is for the fucking all the all the gravy, all of it, all of it. Are we sweet? Are we seeing sweeping changes in these national teams next year? Like, will they be yes. a stark contrast from what we see around Take the Field this Saturday? Yeah. Not yeah. in Australia, but they'll all be playing subbies. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there will be. So take England. They were, they've been running this yarn that England are one of the youngest uh, teams in the semifinals. Yeah, right, mate. Yeah, there are some young players in there, but the key positions, you look at a lot of them, there's some aging oh, players mate. that are in there. Yeah, there'll be England will have changes. Ireland will have changes. Um, New Zealand will have changes, but they won't be as dramatic because th- their their turnover rate is... You're losing so Aaron Smith, you're losing Bowden yeah. Barrett. 
You're losing mm. Sam Whitelock. You're losing Brody Retallick. Mm. And, and the same with Probably the Bockies. Probably losing though. Sam Kane, let's be honest. Yeah, and the Bockies have been to two World Cup fighters now. They've now got a, a great depth, but two World Cup fighters in a row, a lot of those ageing players as well. I think it'd be France huge. are the young team, though. France are a young Eddie's team. Eddie's a genius, mate. Yeah, it is all over it. Yeah. Are we? Um, so the Six Nations, that'll be on in three or four months. We'll get a better idea then. Yeah, February, January, February time. Or February, February, March time. Yeah, it keeps rolling, baby. It keeps rolling. Keeps rolling, baby. All right, another reason to be disappointed uh, when England don't do so well. <laughs> All right. Thanks, boys. And I uh, look forward to reviewing the uh, the games next week. All right. Catch ya. See you, Matt. Bye.